This is Wart, and you're listening to episode 11 of the Wartbox podcast. Uh, today, I will be talking about cryptocurrencies and crypto assets again. So, if you don't want to hear about this, I mean, I said I would have a disclaimer at the start of every episode, then please stop listening now. But to be honest, if you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure you're interested. I've been thinking a lot about what is my target audience and, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss says when he wrote the four hour work week, he wrote it with two specific friends in mind to make it really niche. And that makes it kind of appealing. Like don't try to make something that's appealing to everyone, make it appealing to very specific people in mind. Um, and then, you know, it will be appealing to more people. So, so from a crypt within the crypto space, right? There's a lot of things out there, like all the technical analysis, there's all, you know, the investment um, part is a tech um, stuff. And I'm interested in all of them. But for my podcast, you know, it's, I want to talk to people who are curious about about crypto, who, who might have some investment in it, and who don't just want to have the investment and, you know, stop and, and not know anything about the technology i kind of want to know what i have my money in but i'm also not some hardcore tech geek or someone who hates the banks and the governments and you know ah finally we have something against them what you know i'm not that you know i'm not that guy so um but i am very curious about the tech and about the future of you know what we will be doing in 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 the coming years and, and decades from now and how um, crypto assets will have an influence on that. So today I want to talk a little bit about um, the trends that I see are coming or that are already there um, for the coming months within the crypto space. Uh, first of all, a disclaimer, um, I'm not a qualified financial advisor. So uh, everything I say is based on my personal experience. And if you decide to take action based on what I'm telling you, then uh, you know, don't sue me. Thank you. Um, you know, your money is at risk. Um, the first trend, and I've talked about this in the past as well, is platforms. So 2017 was the year of Ethereum, especially when they released their ERC20 tokens, which allowed uh, ICOs on their platform. And they were one of the only ones that had this. Um, now, Ethereum doesn't have much competition, but a lot of projects are kind of getting there. Um, and one of the reasons why this might be interesting is because at the moment it's very difficult to um, program uh, on the Ethereum blockchain because this has to happen in solidity and this is kind of difficult. Not many people in the world have the skills to do this. Therefore, uh, I think that other uh, platforms will coexist. I mean, Ethereum will always be there and it will be strong. It's, it's a really good project, but others are going to gain some market share in this space as well. Uh, for this reason, I recently um, increased my positions in Stellar, EOS and Cardano. Um, Stellar is actually pretty interesting because they, uh, you know, I was listening to this podcast about some, some smaller cap coins and two of them were actually on uh, released on Stellar. So they are already, you know, having ICOs and other coins coins on their platform. I've said it before, um, you want to invest in YouTube, not in a YouTube channel. So um, I think this is an interesting um, 
development and I think more things will be coming in this space so keep an eye out for all of it I'm a bit skeptical on some projects like they are not all equal and but I am convinced that they can ex coexist you know it's not that one will have all the ICOs uh, they will each platform will be slightly different and for different reasons people will choose which ones they want to use um, next up it's um, decentralized exchanges so at the moment there is ether delta which is not super user friendly and in a way it's centralized because it's made and run by one person um, and decentralized exchanges that means that the exchange is not you know there is no company that for-profit company that kind of runs the exchange uh, and you don't give your um, money to them kind of what you do now on Binance or any other of those exchanges they basically have my money so if if they are really bad people and they just they can just take off with my money right uh, and I don't want that to happen um, I think there's a lot of projects that are building tech that is required to have these exchanges uh, but the interesting thing is that different areas of you know what is required in tech to have a decentralized exchange they're kind of building on top of each other you know one one uh, project is providing you know the, the actual transfer and another one is is doing the market part of it you know and there's like different projects that are building on top of each other and that are decentralized and i think that's really interesting because back in the day you know you would have google and they would own end-to-end -end on everything they do and if another company would be a threat they would just buy that company so that's interesting because within the crypto space you know there is no google and you cannot buy you know um you know, oh bit ethereum is interesting I'm going to buy ethereum you know the whole company like it, it you cannot do that so therefore um i think there will be a lot of interesting projects you know kind of working together or building their tech on top of each other and you know the, it will coexist unlike you know what what happens uh, today with, with big tech companies so i think having an understanding of this is quite important and it's also the time when you know you're it's almost like you're like the internet is something new and you're um investing in the the smtp email protocol or something like that which is part of email um but today this is still new and you can actually you know buy email coins if you will um so i think that's an interesting area as well next one um is you know mainstream investment money coming in there is already some crypto hedge funds but um, there's been a lot of talks about the crypto etfs and you know at some point bitcoin will be part of even like a pension plan and those things so that's we're talking really big money here and i think that money is going to come in at some point and once it starts coming in it might even accelerate because you know someone puts the money in and the price goes up and then others will see that and more money will come in and there will be big rallies and big crashes coming up um it's also why i'm still bullish on bitcoin for example so um we'll see how that plays out in the future um there will also you know i think there will also be more you know centralized blockchain applications it's a bit of a taboo in the crypto space but i think um a lot of companies for example banks they will claim that they're using the same technology as bitcoin but it will all be centralized and you know people don't understand the difference between centralized and decentralized just always oh, blockchain you know uh, so 
it's maybe Ripple is an example there of something that's you know a project that's already kind of doing this. But I think banks will will definitely. I mean, they are looking into the technology, but they obviously don't want to give away control. Um, so that's coming, and I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen there as well, even though it's a bit of a taboo. And then I'm very curious about reactions from big tech companies. Um, I mean, when I say big tech tech companies, I mean Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon. Maybe Microsoft as well, but uh, I think the first one out of those five or four that's going to might get in trouble is Google, because you know decentralization is all about eliminating the middleman, you know, the trustless transaction, and what Google makes almost all of their money from is from being the middleman in ads. So people buy and sell ads, and Google is the middleman and takes, I don't know, 50% or whatever of, of those revenues just to be the middleman. So there will be de- or decentralized ad uh, options for companies that will be much cheaper. And even Google Chrome, you know, their browser might get in, you know, there, there might be um, decentralized browsers coming up. And there's, I think there's a lot, I think Gmail will be there. But <laughs> apart from that, <coughs> I think it's going to, be interesting to see how Google is going to respond to this and if they are going to, you know, be able to stay in business. Well, they will stay in business, they're big enough, but if they, you know, can stay at the same level that they are now. I mean, these guys are smart, so we'll see. I think Facebook is kind of in a similar um, area. Uh, To be honest, like yesterday I was reading a really long article in uh, the US edition of Wired magazine about uh, Facebook and you know, the US elections and, and about their news feed and, and, you know, do they just want to make a lot of money or do they want to be part of the community? And it's, I'm, I think Mark Zuckerberg must be a very stressed man, to be honest. It's really, really tough. All the tech clash, as they call it. And, and you know, they, they kind of wanted to be decentralized. Like, that's always what they said. We are just a platform and what people said, we are not responsible. And as soon as they start, um, you know, start curating the content that's on their platform, they are no longer independent. And I think that's a very interesting development. And, you know, it kind of makes the case for a decentralized social network more interesting. So very interesting to see what Facebook will do. Again, they are like the ad platform. So imagine like a social network with without ads um, that or or with less ads or a decentralized ads something like that um, I think it's possible you know there is all these solutions already of uh, browsers and if you use those browsers you um, you you help with mining for example and therefore you don't see any ads or you know there's a lot of these kind of uh, projects out there so we'll see um, I think Apple. It's kind of strong here because they have physical products like an iPhone. Uh, I think building an iPhone or, you know, something like that in a decentralized way with, you know, consensus rules and all these things is just too difficult uh, for now. So I think they are kind of safe when it comes to, you know, their hardware, um, like the iPhone and the iPad and, and those things. So for now, I think Apple is kind of safe. And then there's Amazon, maybe AWS, so Amazon Web Services might 
get some competition from crypto uh, projects but I think their fulfillment centers and you know the actual retail part of Amazon that's again a really really tough thing to to compete against from a decentralized point of view because in the end mainstream adoption it will require convenience for the end user and like so what Apple would have to do is or or uh, what what a decentralized application would have to do is be able to deliver the same product to the same customer in the same amount of time for less money than Amazon can do it for. And that's going to be really, really difficult to do in a decentralized way. Uh, and it has to be significantly less money because, you know, people will just look at, um, I mean, they trust Amazon. And, and so, therefore... I think it's going to be very difficult to compete against this company. So I actually uh, sold my, my positions in Google and Facebook a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks or three weeks ago, right? Be actually, right before the little correction in the stock market, which was very good timing on my part, completely, uh, uh, completely not planned. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Um, but this is, you know, my view on those four big tech companies and I think when you're really deep into the crypto space and you start to focus on the tech behind it and how it all works I think what you should always keep in mind is that you know the key to mainstream adoption is convenience for the end user I've said it before um, that uh, for example privacy coins is very interesting but it's very niche because most people don't care at all about their privacy because they post pictures of their children on Facebook uh, and they do all of these kind of things that, that you know, make it clear that people choose convenience over security and privacy every single day. This is for most developed countries. You know, in Venezuela, people might have a different opinion, but this is also where the money is. So... I think that is my end of this podcast. It's Friday morning, very early. No, it's not very early. It's, but I, I started recording straight out of bed because I went out. I, I woke up, I uh, did kind of my morning routine, and then I said, okay, let's, uh, let's get on it. Um, I've been really enjoying doing this podcast. I uh, also received some feedback from friends, which I really appreciate uh, because people actually listening to this, that's cool and uh, yeah if you like this podcast then please follow me on mainly facebook i think um, i'm on twitter as well but i haven't been you know publishing new episodes there that's maybe not so good uh, but if you subscribe to this podcast in whatever podcast app you're using then you should get a notification whenever the new one comes out which is usually on fridays um i saw like a ton of podcasts coming out on wednesday actually so uh Maybe that's the best day to release your podcast. There's probably some research behind this. Um, but anyway, I'm uh, taking too long now. So thank you very much for watching. And I hope to speak to you soon.